welcome to the B team. I'm Jerry, joined by Pimo and the Junk Man. It's another week of sports. We missed you all last week, so really we have two weeks to now catch up on. And it's the B squad, B team. Not the best, pretty good though. On the bench, about to jump in. Someone just got hurt. We're running up. Yeah, I mean, classic B team. We missed a week last week. Uh, I was out at a bar. Things got a little carried away. And, you know, we're a B team. We're not going to make every week. Um, so, you know, you guys are lucky you have us this one. That's that's pretty big. Yeah, we're not the C team either. So you don't have to wait a month for each episode. They should be coming out every Wednesday from here on out. But there may be a break here or there. And you know what? You're just going to have to learn to deal with it. I mean, we're not the A team. We're the B team. Lee was uh, Lee is a in another life and on the side or maybe on the top I don't know a writer uh, for for music reviews and you know sometimes Tuesday night concerts will pop up and he he might not tell us until ten minutes before we're supposed to go on that he's out at a concert in New York City with all his friends that are in town and we just have to kind of roll with the punches. Yeah, you guys improvise. That's good. Uh, speaking of concerts, I went to a Roots. Uh, premiere last night of this new show that they're producing on AMC that we do ads for. Uh, it's, it's no big deal or anything. Um, but uh, anyway, they brought out Run DMC uh, and he came out and did Walk This Way and uh, another song with him and Questlove are going back and forth. And Run DMC is 55. I thought he'd be older. Um, and he looks really good and he sounds really good. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool to see, see a great legend of the game last night. Now, Lee, when you say you saw Run DMC, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think there were three members of Run DMC? Yes, I saw DMC. Ah, okay. So you didn't see Rev Run. You saw yes. DMC, and that was it. That was it, just DMC. Uh, I don't know what the other guys are up to. Again, we're the B team. Uh, this is mostly a sports podcast, not hip hop. Um, but it, I did, it, I just saw DMC. Yeah. And he was great. He was awesome. Left love two people or is that one person? That's one. Okay. We're on to something here. <laughs> well, not only a great week of music. Yeah. Great week of music. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What's going on with you guys? Anything cool? No. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, you know, this is the issue. These are the issues of, of virtual chats as we all spatted across the country. I was giving the eyes to Pimo, but I realizing now there's a blaring light and I can't. You guys can't see my face at all. So this is yeah. not gonna work. Um, I actually, it was the Lions bye week. If uh, I may, just jump in here and tell you both the tale of an NFC lad who lives in Denver and went and explored an AFC far, far away land and, and subjected myself really immersed within one of the classic rivalries of the conference the Raven Steelers um so I was in town both my roommates I live with a couple Steelers fans and a Ravens fan um and we went to Pittsburgh ventured there for the game it was a very very fun weekend um and the game ended up being one of the games of the weekend um it would have been so much better if the Lions were coming off a win against KC but I digress um, a wonderful time. Pittsburgh fans, very good. But I'll tell you what, a lot of empty seats in the 300 deck. I know they're off to a bad start, but uh, you're still the Steelers. Too many empty seats. I got to say it. Too many empty seats. But a beautiful stadium, great fans I was sitting with, and a really wonderful weekend in Pittsburgh, a really beautiful city. And to my host, the Kendalls that hosted us, thank you so much. That was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, they're off to a bad start, but, you know, they're playing the Ravens. You'd think that they'd be right. able to get some people there. That's their huge rivalry. I don't know if it was the beers or what, but from what I was seeing, there was a lot of empty seats, and I'm pretty good at judging seats in the stands. I am a Lions fan, after all, and I've, to our credit, I've seen us fill stadiums for a decade way too long, but looks like it's finally starting to pay off. Well – uh, before we get into NFL talk, uh, I got to do a quick other sports rant. Um, if you people aren't people who rip on baseball, if you're not watching the MLB playoffs, you should probably get on this. It's pretty sweet. Tomorrow we're about to have two game fives. Uh, 
it's going to be an awesome night. If you, you hate socializing and hate interacting with humans, we got two game fives tomorrow. Right now, the, the Devil Rays, who were down 0-2, and we're considering moving to half Montreal and half Tampa, are up 4-1 in the bottom of the eighth uh, against the Astros. Everyone was saying it was a lock. It's going to be Astros-Dodgers this year. Both those teams could be out of the first round against some pretty low-budget teams, especially the, the Rays. So quick plug for watching MLB playoffs because they're kind of lit in the first round. Yeah, Lee, that's a great plug, man. To all those people out here who say that the B team only talks about football, suck it. Because guess what? Suck it. We're giving suck you some baseball talk right now. The playoffs have been absolutely electric. As you guys know, I'm an Atlanta Braves fan, so I've been cheering pretty hard for the Bravos. I uh, got oh, a little rough start there with the whole drama about Acuna not hustling out what was only a single, but he thought was a home run. Um, that series, man, that's been an unbelievable series. Braves came back a couple nights ago in the bottom of the eighth. Um, and then last night we saw the Cardinals walk off in St. Louis to set up the game five tomorrow. I'm dealing with a little tricky situation, actually. As you know, I'm on the Pacific time zone, and that game, I believe, first pitch is at 2.27, my time. So I'll be booking out a conference room and watching that game, maybe getting a little too drunk at work. We'll see what happens. But I could not agree more, Lee. These MLB playoffs, it's kind of like the NHL for me, um, where I I don't watch the regular season, and the playoffs come around, and I realize – why I like this sport and why it's one of our favorite pastimes. And Jerry, your boy Verlander had thrown 55 pitches in the second inning today. The most he's ever thrown in the first two innings of a playoff game. He got shelled and the Rays do this crazy thing where they have an opener. I didn't know about this till tonight. This is how out of touch with baseball I am, but they don't like they have, you know, closer traditional in baseball. The Rays do an opener and they have a pitcher come out and throw one inning. And then they have another guy come in after the like the inning so they can mess up with the timing of the other team. And this manager of the Rays, Kevin Cash, uh, is known for pitching 11 pitchers through uh, a nine-inning baseball game. And they've used a ton tonight, and they're up 4-1 and, and maybe about to win this thing. Wow. That's, he's the mad scientist of the baseball diamond and on the mound. That's really cool. I, I did not he's know the, that. He's the, myth, he's the myth of Chip Kelly if it was true. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get yeah. that man a visor. Now, yeah. I'm looking at this. I did not realize that the Twins were just going to suck so bad. Uh, that was – I mean, that's kind of was you know, the AL Central is what I – I watched a lot of baseball when the Tigers were way better. I watched a lot more. The Twins look absolutely horrible. That's a series. I don't know why. But it was like whatever is at a place, that ga- those games had to be on, and they weren't great games. Yankees kind of rolled in all of those. Um the, this Rays-Astros game caught a bit of it earlier. You're right. JV got shelled. Um, not what I was expecting, and I still love the guy for all the years of service he did in Detroit. But, you know, glad he won one more World Series. He doesn't need to win another. They don't need to win two. They really don't. So go Rays. And, I mean, on the other side here, I'm pulling for your, for your Braves, Timo. Uh, but I don't know. I think – I think the Cardinals, just with their magic, are going to edge it out. But that's such a pie-in-the-sky prediction. We'll see. Yeah, it definitely feels that way. The Braves are a team with a lot of young talent. Obviously, they've brought in some old veterans like Freddie Friedman, Josh Donaldson, um, really dealing, I think, with a couple injuries. I know I'm going to butcher his name, but it's in Carcite? I don't know. Who cares? But he's their uh, second baseman. I know he's out for the series with an injury. So uh, look for the Braves to be just good in the next coming years. Um, They've definitely got a good young core. But as Lee alluded to earlier, with teams like the Astros kind of struggling, the Dodgers are going to be in a game five, correct, with the Nationals? Yeah. Yeah, It's anybody's pennant to be chasing this year. And if you haven't watched baseball, you probably should start watching it now so you can tell everybody that you know that you've watched baseball all year and that you listen to the B team to get all your baseball advice. Exactly. If, if things turn out, um, well, within the NL at least, 
I mean, you, you got in your pennants on each side. The NLCS could be two, I mean, classic ball clubs here with Dodgers, Cardinals, or the Braves. Braves are really great, too. But, I mean, Cardinals, Dodgers, that's a classic NLCS. And then the ALCS, the Yankees are back. I mean, it's been a while. I freaking hate the Yankees. It's been like two years. They were in the game seven of the ALCS two years ago. That's still a while for the Yankees. As a kid, I feel like growing up, they were like only not in it two years. So I'm going to stick with that and ride with ride the wave. Thank you very much. Uh, and then the Astros uh, and Rays coming down to be a great series. The Rays can hold on. Those two aren't really historically that significant, but it's exciting time. It's an exciting time certainly for baseball and been on and off watching these games. I'll, I'm going to jump back on the wagon. Yeah. Well, we got a guest coming up soon, uh, former Division Three FOGO face-off get-off specialist, Matt Hess. Um, before we get to that, should we, should we talk a little football? Or, uh, you know, what, what should we do here, boys? We're on the B team, you know? Yeah, I think we should talk a little bit of football, Lee. Obviously, there's been a lot going on in the past two weeks. Now, if we had had an episode last week, it would have started off with me ranting about how bad the Denver Broncos were, how bad NFL officiating has gotten, how they need to dissolve the Bolin Trust and sell the fucking team, how John Elway needs to get his ass out of town so he can bring in somebody who actually has experience running a football team. But a week later... I see greener pastures ahead, or in this case, orange pastures, because of just how many Broncos fans there were at that stadium that the LAFC play at, that the Chargers have to play at. I don't know the name of it, but thank goodness the Broncos of 2019-2020 are not the first Broncos team to go 0-5. Guys, we won our first game. I uh, still don't think we're going to be doing too great, but I think it just speaks to how volatile the NFL is this, is this year, as indicated by the Chiefs losing to the Colts on Sunday night. That was definitely a game that I didn't watch because I thought the Chiefs definitely were going to win, and turns out there's a way to stop Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I did watch that game because I had football blue balls from – watching the Cowboys-Packers game suck so much. And I was watching with my roommate, who's a Cowboys fan, and uh, it was very depressing. So I was like, oh, maybe we'll get one out of this. And Jacoby Brissett, you know, he did what Matt Stafford could not do. Uh, He took down the mighty Patrick Whoa, 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 whoa. Relax. All right. Relax. We got Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack and the Colts defense did showed the game plan for how to beat the Chiefs and maybe also hope that Patrick Mahomes is hobbling on one ankle, another key part of how to beat them. Um, but still, they had a perfect game plan. Uh, the Colts have to be pretty fucking happy they have this coach. when they Remember they were going to have Josh McDaniels, and then McDaniels bailed like a couple weeks before, and they ended up with Frank Wright, who – has been incredible, and he out-coached the shit out of Andy Reid, who's an awesome coach, still does some dumb shit, uh, like going for it on fourth down uh, from his own 30 that put the, that allowed the Colts to get a field goal. Um, but the Colts are, are pretty legit, and I think he's a huge reason for it. I think the Colts also got a lot of tips from defensive guru uh, Matt Patricia. But anyway, the week before, um, I think the – the the comment you had two weeks ago about Jacoby Brissett and where he's going as a player, very valid. I mean, again, we did see Jimmy G do very well in San Francisco. Yeah. It's kind of a fun thing, tracking Matt Brady's, uh, Tom Brady's backups across the league. And what you see with Jimmy G doing really well in San Francisco, kind of, because Cleveland, I think, sucks. Yeah. And uh, what you see with Jacoby, though, and what you were saying, that he might even have a bigger upside – is very legit to go in and win that game. Um, I mean, on the road in a hostile environment was very impressive. And, I mean, the, 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 the Colts, maybe, just maybe, the best thing that happened to them 
was Andrew Luck retiring? As crazy as that would have seemed six weeks ago. I think you're onto something there, though, Jerry, and not just with the Andrew Luck retiring, but I think it speaks to distractions. You know, when Andrew Luck was on that team, there was all this hype around him. The focus was always on Andrew Luck. Is he healthy? Is he not? Is he going to be able to fulfill this big contract that we've given him? And now the pressure just kind of seems to be off. They're just allowed to play football, and they're doing a really good job of that. Um, You looked at that game, and what's the way to beat the Chiefs? Well, you dominate time of possession. You keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. You run the ball. You don't shy away from running the ball. You stick with that. And I think they really set out a formula for how to beat this Chiefs team. It's going to be really interesting for me in the next couple weeks to see how the Chiefs respond to that and how the rest of the league is able to maybe pick up on that and be able to beat a team who I think we all thought was a shoe-in for the AFC Championship in the past two weeks. Yeah, and I mean, it will be a little different. They'll get uh, Tyree Kill back uh, very soon, and Patrick Mahomes has been – and he didn't even have Sammy Watkins in this game. He was on one leg throwing to, to Marcus Robinson. And, uh, I mean, Kelsey's amazing, but he doesn't have a ton to work Marcus with. Right so, Demarcus Robinson, he's on my fantasy team. Uh, yeah. So, don't talk shit. Um, but, yeah, they, were, they showed they're, they're vulnerable. And uh, I, I love to see the run game. Run game's back in the NFL. Um, but yeah, it ended up being a way better Sunday night game than, than, than we all thought it was going to be. Fullbacks are back, baby. There's freaking fullbacks on the field again. And I love it. Bring on the fullbacks. Give me more fullbacks. We're seeing it all across the league. We're finally starting to see some running again. And I think it makes for uh, a better flow to the game. When you're just freaking passing every damn down, there's incomplete passes and, uh, you know, overthrows and pass interference and every fucking play, it seems like nowadays. I'm glad they're running the ball a bit. And, yes, this is in a very small increment. The league is still obviously way trending pass heavy. But to your point, by running, you are. And what's a great sign, like the first leaves that change in the autumn when you look out your window is a fullback being on the field. That's the first sign that running's back in the NFL. For, for a lot of people, it's pumpkin spice latte for Jerry. It's just curling up and watching a big old fullback fullback make a huge block at an outside linebacker on a draft play. Speaking of fullbacks, uh, Danny Vitale. Vital? Vitale? I don't know. Uh, He's the Packers fullback. The Packers, Jerry's worst nightmare. Not only do they have a defense along with Aaron Rodgers, they also have a run game. Aaron Jones had four touchdowns behind the back of big DV um, and the Packers look like a, a wagon. They're, they're, all, they're, they're a very complete football team and they have Aaron Rodgers and he looks to be healthy for the moment. Um, and the Cowboys maybe got exposed, have gotten exposed a little bit along with a team like the Ravens. They beat the shit out of a few shitty teams. Everyone's like, Oh my God. And then they have lost two games in a row to the saints and the Packers. Um, but I do think more credit goes to the Packers. Pack, Pack looked good. Okay, you did not trigger warning. You did not give me a trigger warning on that rant. And you've just fully triggered me. Bring the Pack the fuck on. Monday night, fucking football, fucking showdown. Sorry for all those F-bombs, Mom. But this Monday, everyone circle the calendars and fly out to the Candlelight Tavern in Denver if you really want a good time. Because I don't know if you know that, but we're facing those very Packers on Monday night, traveling to Lambeau, and the Lions show the world we are legit this year when we, what did you call them, a a fast-moving train? Well, we're going to knock that train right off the track quicker than a bunch of Cowboys in 1876, okay? So watch yourself. Here come the Detroit Lions. Bring them on. I'm not scared. We're matching up fine with them. The Cowboys are overrated. All right, the segue was supposed to be for the Cowboys and the Packers. It turned into a Lions rant. Uh, I threw in the Cowboys are overrated. Yeah, and (laughs) that's what I was going to touch on there. I think you're right. Um, You look at a team like the Eagles who beat the Packers, not this past weekend. They beat up on the Jets. 
probably one of the worst football games in the history of the NFL. But the week before, on a short week, when they beat the Packers in Lambeau, I think that turned their season around. You look at the Cowboys losing on Sunday night a week ago to the Saints. It was a tough loss, very reminiscent of their game that they played in 2018, which is a very defensive-heavy game. Uh, This one, the Saints came out on top. I think you're right, Jerry. I think the Cowboys are really starting to come off the tracks while the Eagles have been able to right the ship. Let's see how many sports cliches we can just fit into this (laughs) period of time. Um, The Eagles were able to right the ship, get the wagon back on track. (laughs) They would be my favorite to win the division, um, even though it seemed like at the start of the year the Cowboys were Super Bowl bound, at least according to Skip Bayless. Well, I mean, the Eagles, yeah, they beat the Pack, but Pack looked a little off that night. It was a Thursday night game. Never really know. I think the Packers are going to the Super Bowl. I think they're going, Jerry. They're going. You're getting your NFC North teams mixed up, but it's okay. It happens all the time. You constantly confuse uh, yellow and shit green for Honolulu blue and silver. So you're good. Don't worry about it. You'll see it come Monday. If their D stays solid and their run game stays like this and Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, I'm not betting against them. Uh, it's, it's they are gonna... in the toughest division in football, though. They have to go through a lot of, uh, a lot of tough matchups. I think the Vikings could fall off, but the, the North's looking really good. I know we've talked about that in the past, and I don't want to get too homer. It's even more possible because I have already. But they have a tough schedule. They can get beat up. they got to stay healthy. Got to stay healthy. It's tough to make Super Bowl picks. I hate to say this unless it's Patriots this early in the year. The Bears lost to the Raiders in London. Uh, I loved that game. The John Gruden revenge game against himself for trading Cleo Mack. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty awesome. I was, I was kind of rooting for him. I know it was against Chase Daniel, but Chase Daniel may be better than Mitch Trubisky. Uh, so it was pretty cool to see the Raiders – who, you know, we watched in Hard Knocks. Uh, we make fun of them a lot, but it was it was cool to see them get a win. And glad for London to see a, a close football game. I remember the days of, you know, the Jags-Titans going over there, sending our, our worst possible reps to go to another – our worst ambassadors to go to another country, Mariota and Bortles, uh, you know, just showing how it's done over there and making them all realize that so- they should be watching soccer and not football. But they got to see a good game this weekend, and the Bears almost – I mean, the Raiders almost gave it back up. Uh, but, you know, it was cool. Cool to see them get a win. Yeah, I love those London games because they'll show pictures of the stands and everybody has their own NFL jersey of a team that's definitely not playing at that point. So it's just, you know, for me – it's always a blast to watch NFL in London. It was funny. I swear they sent the Jags there like 11 years in a row when that first started. It was just like Jags versus somebody every time. Well, guys, we're doing something a little different here. On our last episode, we were fortunate enough to be able to bring you Daniel Jones, starting quarterback for the New York football Giants. Shout out to our producer, James Goldenschmeyer for being able to get him on. This time, we're bringing you something just a little bit more special. We have our fellow class of 2016 Colorado College graduate, Matt Hess, in the building. Matt is a D3 athlete. He played lacrosse at Colorado College, as well as a state champion in lacrosse for the Regent Jesuit High School in Denver, Colorado. Matt, how are you doing? What's going on with you, man? Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing great. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Also, Pimo, you forgot that, uh, yeah, two-time Colorado All-State as well. In oh, Lacrosse, wow. So, uh, yeah, how yeah. How did you put that go, Pimo? I know Goldschmidt put that on the paper for you. Yeah, that's actually my bias, <laughs> if you guys didn't know this. Uh, Matt and I went to rival high schools, so... It took a lot for me to say that he was a state champion. I just wanted to leave out his other accolades. But, but that's yeah. right, two-time All-State as well. And yeah. and original, very much original friend of the B-team when we were way back in college doing our radio show, The Sports Sesh, 
until East Baton Down stole that name and we no longer could. Hess was our most frequent guest on the program and the crowd favorite. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, I tried to give my best uh, college D3 lax commentary whenever I could, but, uh, yeah. And we know the people, the people in the cafeteria at CC appreciated it. They were all just itching for that lax commentary, and uh, you gave it to them. So uh, I'm sure that those listeners have carried over, and they're happy to hear you again. Oh yeah, well, you know, I'm really excited to uh, talk about the keys to CC men's lacrosse uh, beating Southwestern this year for uh, the the SCAC championship. I think, you know, it's it's going to be a tough one. But, you know, Southwestern's been really building a, a strong program. But, you know, we'll see. I think they can pull it off. Coveted SCAC lacrosse championship that, you know, people, kids dream about taking the last goal, the last shot at the SCAC championship. To just be able to hold the famous John D., Skakafeller Skak. Cup. Yeah, oh yeah, the Skakafeller Cup. I think I think the junk man might even have a goal in the uh, definitely a few goals in Skak conference play, but maybe a uh, a goal in in a Skak championship as well. Yeah, I actually I didn't get a goal in a Skak championship, but Jerry and I had uh we we they flew all the backups down. That time we were the C team, maybe even the D team. It was like the D E team. It was they the, blew us the, down the to Centenary to face, to face the Centenary ladies and gents. They had about nine kids on their team. I think my JV high school team could have beat them. No offense to them. They were really cool guys. Um, but Jerry and I had a competition with our friends, Evan Meister and John Taccio, who, who played a lot more than we did, of who was going to score more points in the game. And we were down by two points in our competition with them. And uh, we bet a 30 rack on it. Um, so it was a heated game, but we were up by Jerry fed me in the crease and I turned and took a sidearm lefty shot, two points, assist and goal to tie them up in our individual game. And we went nuts. And I just like, Jerry came and tackled me and we were like going crazy. We were up 28 to one at the time. And so as he like decks me, our coach, coach Miller and coach Woods go like, get the fuck over here. It's like, have some class. What the hell are you doing? It's 28 to one. We couldn't tell them what was going on because not allowed to bet as a D3 athlete. It was pretty legit stuff. Um, but yeah. oh, yeah. out of my college across career. That was honestly, that game was one of my favorites too, especially after Meister scored the behind the back lefty on the crease assisted goal. That was like, and to go up 30 to two or 30 to one, maybe. We needed that. We needed that yeah. insurance goal. We really did. Did I, did I ever tell you that, um, that one of the guys that I coached the uh, the UGA men's club lacrosse team was the head coach of Centenary at the time. No. Yeah, it like <laughs> came up that uh, <laughs> that we had beat them like thirty-two to two. That I was like part of that game one day. He was like, "Oh yeah, like CC, you you guys came down and played us." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I was that in like." 2013 and he was like yeah you know it was he's like yeah it was a tough tough loss like we had a bunch of people quit that year I was like yeah that was like that was brutal <laughs> damn that's so, wild yeah that wild so you continue to play coach lacrosse yeah. at, at UGA huh yeah yeah I coached the uh the men's MCLA club team it was it was fun they were they were all right but, um, yeah, you know, it's definitely different than playing D3. They, uh, just the level of, I don't know. Well, just mostly, like, the level of facilities. Like, there's no locker room or, like, anything, and you basically just play on a shitty, like, field that no one mows or anything, and it's mostly dirt and, like, kind of sucks. But. Yeah, D3 did kind of, well, certain programs, like, definitely hook it up. Maybe overhook yeah. it up, but also hook it up. But a place like CC, probably a bit overhooked up because we had the, you know, serious D1 hockey team. And we got to use all their shit. So that was pretty nice. Did you like that, getting to use like all the – and it was our freshman year, and you played yeah. on through. Um, all the new facilities were all in place and built for us. Literally, first year was our – I think it was the first year was our freshman year. Yeah. I, so. I really, I really liked it. I don't know. I thought – 
the locker room was like really really nice the weight room was awesome the field the turf was really nice too it was great and like to have like a a trainer to like tape you up or in my case like give me the mandatory concussion protocol test uh, <laughs> A few of those in your back back pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was um no, it was really great. And you know, it's like it's actually nice to have like a locker room because you can just like I don't know, hang out with hang out with the boys. Like what'd you yeah. do at UGA? Yeah. Like, did you have to tape people's ankles and did you guys just like change outside the building next to the field? Seems kind of like ridiculous. So yeah, so for home games, they, like, showed up in their uniforms, basically, and, like, opposing teams had to change on the bus, and then we got, like, a student, um, like, a student athletic trainer, basically, like, do you remember that guy, Josh, who was our, like, student athletic yeah. trainer our freshman year? Basically, like, someone like Josh, um, except for he was, he was the, uh, the trainer for the student athletic trainer for the football team would come out and, like, they pay him like twenty bucks to. Pay Pretty him. good student athletic trainer, the UGA. Yeah. student. Wow. Shit. Yeah, yeah, I know. He, uh, I don't know. He was always like talking about how absurd Kirby is. It is funny that a school like CC that you know we were a pretty shitty, mediocre lacrosse team, and you know CC couldn't afford to like give any financial aid to most of their students. But we had this like crazy, amazing athletic center, and we were getting flown. The like players who weren't ever going to see the field were getting flown all over the country and staying in hotels. And I know a lot of that was from like donations. But it's funny to talk about how UGA club didn't have a locker room, but like we were like we were living it up. And like I walked onto that team. I shouldn't even been there. Probably Jerry and I never fucking played unless it was in the SCAC, and we got hooked up. Yeah, it was dope. I mean, I think, like, we had, like, a million-dollar budget or something, I think, Coach Woods told us at one point, like, which is insane. It was. I do remember that dinner that you're talking about. I think we were all surprised and taken aback, but they're spending a million dollars on us? What? Are you yeah. sure? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was uh, getting, like, blown out by some. We had food partners, so, so we'd have to like order dinner with, like to split up the per diem. And one time, I was I was the eighth string D midi, and I was food partners with Chris Maves, great guy, fourth string goalie. And I was like, I was like, hey man, it was the night before game. I was like, I was like, yo, do you maybe want to get some muscles? And he's like, ooh, I love muscles, but like muscles the night before a game. And I was like, dude, you're the fourth string goalie. I'm the eighth string D midi. We're not getting in. We were playing Dickinson. It was number one in the country at the time. Yep. And he never know, man. Like, gotta be ready. And I was like, this is why, like, I'm on the B team. Like, I know I'm not getting in on this game. Like, you gotta accept it, dude. Like, welcome to this world. You gotta accept it. Yeah. I don't think I. I don't think any of us were gonna play in that game against Dickinson. Not a chance. We were in the Chillarium. Yeah. I thought like you had yeah, the best the chance. You had the best chance of playing because you're a Fogo. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And for our listeners who don't know, that's face off, get off. That's, I know that's some technical lax uh, jargon there. But uh, so, how was, uh, were you a Fogo in high school? Yeah. So, I guess like I sort of became a Fogo in high school because like I, um, so my, like my freshman year, right? I was um, like, five feet and 103 pounds, which is like kind of crazy. I was like so small. Uh, I was so small that Soaking like. Wet. What? Soaking wet. Five oh, three. yeah, dude. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Five foot, 103 pounds. Like, yes, yeah, soaking wet. And um, I was like so small that I fell off the growth curve and had to go to like children's hospital and stuff. And like they were offering me like, yeah, like like testosterone shots and stuff which like i didn't take looking back on it huge mistake but um, (laughs) i uh yeah so i i was basically like just trying to play and so i was like yeah like i take face-offs i took face-offs um for like my club team and just like worked at it and 
I did grow a little bit, like not that much more, but um, I did like grow a little bit and put on some weight and uh, yeah. So then I became like a FOGO. My, uh, and didn't make varsity until junior year. And then yeah, started every game my junior year, started every game my senior year and was um, all state both years. It's incredible. You went from having to go on the regiment at Children's Hospital to two-time All-State, state champ, and then play at Colorado College. Pimo, were you yeah. ever able to go see the man, the myth, the legend himself play play in high school? Could you kind of set the scene, have a smell those spring leaves and flowers as you watched him fogo? Yeah, I'm thinking back to it now, and I think the only game – Matt, that I saw you play in high school was that championship game at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. Um, if I remember correctly, you definitely played well. I, I can't say I remember too much, but I think you were dominating the face-off circle that game. Uh, Kent was not really able to get the ball, which, as we all know, is so important to any sport. You have to have the ball if you, you want gotta to. got to have the ball. Um, correct me if I'm wrong here, Matt. I know you were out on the field that day, but that game came down to the final play, um, a matchup between two UVA commits, and the one on Regis's side ended up coming away with the ball and the state championship. Yeah, yeah. Matt, uh, that game came down to, like, the last minute. Um, Matt, Matt Florence, formerly of UGA, ultimately of Penn State, yeah, uh, got got stripped by Tanner Ottenbright, and like he, he, it was a stupid dodge. He tried to like swim move like two long poles and got absolutely stripped. And then yeah, my buddy Chris the line like picked up the ground ball and sprinted down the field. And like that was the game. There was like six seconds left when Matt got stripped. But um, yeah, it was it was awesome. That was like still to this day like one of the better sports experiences of my entire life. That's a, not only is that a great story, you actually, for the first time ever on this podcast, used formally and ultimately correct in one sentence. Because we were trying really? to figure out how the heck to use that. Man, ultimate, ultimate, you nailed it. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, I've been really working on my uh, my journalism skills. Oh, very nice. Yeah, you brushed up before this 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 interview, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I, yeah, with, uh, yeah, uh, um, I'm now I can't even think of the word. I was going to say a blossoming writer like yourself, Junk. I figured I had to be on top of my game. Yeah. I mean, I, you should be intimidated. So, I mean, glad to hear you you touched up. So, you know, this is great. Oh yeah. No, I was, I was, I was on edge. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you know, we've got a CEO of a, of a potentially great new app on this podcast too so i was uh you know i was really trying to to prepare i didn't want to look like an amateur it is intimidating week in week out that we have we are talking with a ceo and uh, uh you know guys i think like you guys are cutting out can't hear you i apologize uh pimo what were, what, did, what were you typing to me with uh, personally offline here looks like you sent me something says uh ask him about uh travel stories Okay. Did you have any fun stories on the road that you'd like to share with the pod? Oh, like from D3, when we would travel? You know, I know D3, you get to splurge, but come on, there's no way you're staying at the Ritz-Carlton when you're on the road every time, right? No, dude, I think dude, probably – I'm trying to think of, like, our best travel story. Um, I think – so, like, the worst hotel we ever stayed at, was um when we went to go play Dickinson. Oh wait. And we yeah. stayed at like the Carlton Inn, I think. Yeah. It was maybe what it was called. And it was like actually a haunted hotel. It was like the most horrifying place I've ever been in. Like definitely like super sketchy. Like some people were like I, I mean I guess like you know it's really not that sketchy. The people were like smoking weed in the rooms, but like oh, oh. Oh, no. I know, yeah, yeah. drug ah. use. Ugh. Uh, but no, do you remember this? And like, Coach yeah. Woods had us like leave in the yeah, middle. Yeah, we like, left early That's at like right. two in the morning or something. Mm. 
Jerry, I don't think we were on the team. No, was we it? were. We actually were allowed on no, that trip. No, you were there, John. That you were the, there. That was the one trip we were allowed on. Really? Yeah. That was, the, that was the one time they allowed the co-11th defensive middies onto the, the bus outside the state of Colorado. Yeah, in spring break. My memory ain't so good no more. It was the Dickinson game. We were in the Chilean hard. Yeah, where we all we stayed yeah. in a hotel. We got kicked out. You're right. I saw coming back, and they made that movie about it. It was a really fun movie with eyeball. Yeah, yeah. Eyeball was yeah, in charge. Right, of the movie. Oh have, yeah, eyeball, eyeball. Yeah. On the- we had we had a guy who filmed our our everything named Eyeball. Uh, I don't know his real name. I don't know what grade he was in. I don't know what his story was. Is he a we just had I don't a know. Named eyeball who filmed every practice. <laughs> I don't think he went to class. I don't think so. Honestly, he wasn't a a, a faculty. He was a student. He was a student named, yeah. I had no idea what Eyeball's real name is to this day. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Ball. Mr. Ball. I just remember that Pop. He's part of the Big Baller brand. What? He's part of BBB. Big Baller brand. He does all their filming and shit. No, he's he's, honestly good for him. No, he's Monty Ball's kid. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Damn, you're right. When you're right, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Eyeball? Yeah. They have a distinct family resemblance. They, yeah, they look shockingly alike. Yeah. Yep. Eyeball and Monty Ball. No one has any idea what Eyeball looks like, but he looks nothing like Monty Ball. I can tell you that, folks. No. Well, uh, speaking of really great college running back trios – uh, Monty Ball, James White, and um, Todd Gurley. Uh, not Todd Gurley. Um, sorry. Uh, but moving over to UT. Melvin Gordon. Hess, Melvin Gordon. Hess studied uh, rocks at uh, yep. UGA. Um, so you got to, you know, you're a big UGA fan. You know, that's yep. interesting to the other big running back trio, Sony Michelle, Todd Gurley, and Nick. Um, that's yep. why I was confused there. But uh, not a bad segue if I had gotten it right. Um, are you still big? Are you a UGA fan for life? Yeah, well, so I think so. I mean, I I don't think, like, I'm a UGA fan the way the people who grew up in, like, Georgia are UGA fans, if that makes sense, and then, like, went to UGA. Because some of those people are actually, like, crazy. Um, yeah. Like absolutely die, like die hardwood, like literally get in like a fist fight with a Tennessee fan, even though they just kicked the shit out of them on Saturday, like just because it's Tennessee or like Florida. Um, but no, I mean, I definitely am a UGA fan. I mean, with you know how the how the Broncos have been doing as of late, I've been mm-hmm. a little more focused on on UGA, I guess. Plus, like they've got some top prospects for for the NFL draft this year again. So uh, I've been, I've been, you know, paying attention to the team. They look good, honestly. I mean, they've, they've got like a pretty tough stretch coming up here pretty soon, but you know, I think they're going to be, they have a real shot to make the playoff for sure. Yeah. I would say Matt. I think it's a little disconcerting that they, um, that Auburn lost over the weekend. Yeah. That's going to be a tough game for the dogs going in and playing an away game against one of their biggest rivals. Um, it would have been good if that was a matchup of the two undefeated teams. But from what I've seen from Georgia this year, they're definitely a very, very strong team. Obviously a lot of depth. And I think it was really exemplified in that Notre, game, Notre Dame game just how deep that team is. They had to keep battling against that Notre Dame team, who was very good in the first half. but. They just wore them down with how many talented players they have. Do you think that this is the year that UGA can get over the hump and beat Alabama? I mean, maybe. So I that, I know that sounds like kind of a cop-out. I think that Fromm is not going to, like, make any of, like, the crazy highlight plays that, like, Tua sometimes makes, if that makes sense. But, like – he, I think, week in and week out is a lot more consistent. You'll probably get, like, 
he'll complete like 65 to 70% of his passes. He's going to throw like two touchdowns. He's not going to throw any picks really ever. Um, and DeAndre Swift has looked really awesome at, as always through the first start of the season. The offensive line is really strong, which I think could negate um, a lot of Alabama's like top end talent on the D line. I know they're pretty young. So that might even actually be kind of like more of an advantage in UGA's favor. And then, uh, you know, the the defense is really solid again. Um, yeah, Kirby has done a really good job uh, recruiting a lot of good DBs, and that's kind of like his specialty. So I think, you know, the defense is going to be good pretty much no matter what, as long as he is there. Um, and so I think they, they could – I think a lot of things will have to go right, though in that game if that makes sense like they're gonna have to catch like a couple breaks like maybe Alabama fumbles a punt or like you know uh yeah the Tua you know throws like two picks or something like that but it's gonna have to be a break like that not a break like last year when Tua almost broke his ankle but they had yeah. Jalen Hurts as a backup and next thing you know he's leading a comeback they're gonna need some Lucky breaks on the field, not injuries that actually benefit the other team. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, I don't actually know that much about Alabama's backup, though. I mean, he, I'm sure he's been playing. but Probably really, really good. It's no. probably, yeah, it's, probably great. <laughs> yeah. If I had to guess, he's definitely really good. Michigan. Uh, but no, yeah. Michigan, Jerry, that's like a tough look, huh? I know. I shouldn't have said it. I got to stop homering so hard. But, yeah, Michigan, hey, <laughs> you know, they won. At least they battled out against Iowa. Harbaugh stays alive another week. We're yeah. getting so many Michigan listeners on this podcast. I know. That's where all 37 in the Michigan bunch last week, two weeks ago. Also, that was like a great little history lesson last pod. I had no idea that the Wolverines were just named after drunk Michiganders. Is that the right term? Yes. Yes, you're right. That's their word, though. We're not supposed to say it. What? Wolverines? Yeah, Wolverine. We're supposed to say the W word. Only Michiganders, drunk Michiganders can say Wolverine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Michigan history is truly, I think everyone should go to second grade in Michigan. So you really just get to learn one of the best state histories in, in, in the country. Um, yeah, my nephew, my nephew. I almost in, said the region, but it wasn't that grandiose of a statement. My nephew's in a broad preschool there. Uh, oh, he is. Oh, that's my wonderful. Nephew, my nephew, uh, Willie McGinnis, he's, he's abroad there. In yes, pre- we have some of the best boarding yeah. preschools in the entire nation. Yeah, it's great. It's they're a really good program. Yeah, my yeah, parents I, sent me off to boarding preschool too. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah I'm sure the preschools in uh, Detroit probably aren't like you know. It was two minutes down the street, and they picked me up sometimes at the end of the days. But I don't know. I slept over sometimes. I'm gonna call boarding. <laughs> boarding ish. <Wow. laughs> yeah, at my aunt's house. Whatever. <laughs> Wait, oh, you, you stayed at your aunt's house? Quick like sports update here. here. Actually, went to uh, the story school. Anyway. The, uh, the Astros lost. The Rays won. Yep. Got another game five. Uh, game five on Thursday. Uh, just giving a quick – you know, our, I'm sure a lot of our listeners did know what happened. Uh, they've heard a lot about D3 lacrosse, um, and they probably wanted to get filled in real quick on, on the MLB postseason. Um, so, you know, just filling everyone in. Uh, back to the interview. <laughs> Love it, Lee. I'm really glad that you chimed in there, especially since by the time this podcast gets out there, that series will probably be over. But <laughs> don't worry about it. I'm, just, I'm glad that we're getting the updates in. That's Game really four updates. Anybody got any other questions for Huss? You throw um, one out, Kimmo. You throw one out right now. Denver boy to Denver boy. Something, what's some like, you know, what's the old ice cream shop you guys used to hang out at or the movie theater you'd go check out the new flicks or maybe it was that open field where you crazy high schoolers would go drive your cars up and hang out. You got any sort of inside Denver story you guys can reminisce on one more time for our listeners? 
I mean, sure. Or it sounded like Lee had a question. You asked for it, now you're going to get it. Hess, you remember Brett's party? (laughs) Which one? One of the best parties. The one where um, I was so drunk that I actually smoked a cigarette and... Backwards? No, no, I just smoked... That's Corey. Yeah, that's Corey. Um, No, the one where some creek girl's dad came to pick up his daughter. (laughs) Oh, my God. Everyone was hiding. I think Dale was on the roof. That was the one where you, me, um, Brian, and Connor Burke woke up in the same bed with that fucking kid from CU, Driscoll, who had tried to fight everyone. Yep. I remember that's also the same party that Freddie and I collapsed Brett's fence. Yep. Yep. Jumping over when the dad came. Yep. Classic Chino's party right there, getting sketched out, not by the cops, but when someone else's parent shows up. Yep. Yeah, that was the gold. That was the gold I was looking for. I'm I'm assuming Creek is like a location, but when you because you're from Colorado, when you said Creek Cherry Creek, Cherry Creek High School. Girl who lives on a creek or something. <laughs> well, no, I mean, she does. Oh, creek Highline, You know, Highline Canal, it's almost a creek. Well, Hess, it's been a pleasure having you on. Before we let you go, I do want to talk to you about a player who may be close to all of us, depending on if you have him on your fantasy team this year or not, but definitely is close to you, and that is Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I know you were lucky enough to play against him in football in high school, um, just kind of take me through what that experience was like and if you saw that he would be this good, this dominant in the NFL when you played against him as a freshman. Oh, so what what did he have been? I think he was a sophomore by our senior year, right? Would he have been? Yeah, we'll go with that. Maybe he was a freshman, but uh, no, he was definitely a sophomore. But to answer your question, absolutely not, no. I thought he would not make it to the NFL. I didn't think he was going to be a good college player. Honestly, that's like what I thought. Um, so we played him the opening game my senior year, uh, and we were the number two ranked team in the state, and they, Balor was number one where he went to high school. And, um, yeah, like one versus watching two, the, the – You could say. What? It was, on, it was one versus two matchup. Yeah, it was on ESPN even. It was, like, on television. It was, like, televised. There was, like, 10,000 people at Regis. It was crazy. Um, But, uh, yeah, so I didn't actually, like, to clarify to all the listeners, I didn't actually get in the game. I, like, basically might as well have watched been watching from the stands. I was just on the right podcast. You're on the right. Yeah, yep. I think I might have been on kickoff, like, maybe. That would have been, like, as much playtime as I got. But, uh, yeah, he – so, like, he – the first – actually, so the first play from scrimmage he broke, it was, like, an 80-yard touchdown to the house. Um, And mostly because my buddy, uh, Jake Jarman, um, yeah, he he had – so he's, like, you know – how much do you know about like playing outside linebacker? I'm Jerry. Mostly, I, I would assume you know about play. it. Yeah, uh, Pimo and Junk. I, like you played in seventh grade outside. I linebacker. played outside yeah. linebacker in eighth grade. Yeah. So if I said like outside contain, you'd know what I meant. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Jarman had outside contain, but instead he flowed down the line of scrimmage, and Christian McCaffrey cut it back and just like he was super out of position and missed the tackle uh so he yeah he had one like 90 yard touchdown run and then had like 20 yards the rest of the game uh yeah but he honestly he kind of like did it all he was like their punter he returned punts he played db um so like he was really really good don't get me wrong but i didn't like see him as leading the entire nfl in total offense like in week five, ever, no chance. It's wild. He's literally like running back number one of the year. He yeah. has more yards than the whole Jets team does. Like he's, un- and it's partly the situation in Carolina. 
with, where they have a backup quarterback and they're relying on him. But he's been unbelievable. I didn't think he was going to be this good when he came into the NFL. It's crazy that you played against him in high school, and, and now he's doing this. It Honestly, it, like, blows my mind. I used to think he was really overrated, too. Uh, which, I mean, clearly, like, I just don't know anything about football. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I it was like I mean it's cool to say that I played against him. I I know his older brother, he's a nice guy. I don't really know Christian, but people seem to really like him. So he saved what? someone's yeah. life last year. He did. He saved some guy's life at Castle Rock, yeah. 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 You what? could go you could go there could yourself, go Jerry. You could go for a little day hike. No, I'll go put a uh uh penance down marking the place. Where where Christian McCaffrey yes. saved the life here? Yes. Yeah. Honestly, what's crazy is that year, Philip Lindsay, Austin Eckler, and Christian McCaffrey were all playing <laughs> in Colorado high schools. Damn. That's insane. I did not even think about that. I didn't know that Austin Eckler went to a Colorado high school. But yeah. that Philip Lindsay and Christian McCaffrey – we're both playing in Colorado high school football is pretty impressive considering what those guys are doing at the next level right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. The crazy thing is, you know, Western state and Gunnison. Yeah. I've been to Winterfest. That's where Eckler went, which blows my mind because honestly, like I couldn't imagine living like going there. I, yeah. Growing up in Colorado, I used to think that was like the biggest piece of shit school. Are they D2? They're maybe. Yeah, they're either D2 or D1AA. Damn, Eckler. Yeah. We'll have to get him on the pod at some point. Yeah, we'll get Austin on. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Definitely, Matt. You were just the first of many Colorado sports legends that we're going to have on this podcast. (laughs) I think if there's one takeaway you can have, from all these people that we were just talking about, is that you could be on the C team, the D team, or even the B team. And one day, you might just blow up. You might be playing football at the highest level or podcasting at the highest level like we are. You just never know. That's right. That was really inspiring. Thanks, Pimo. So yeah, no worries. I read that on a fortune cookie earlier in the day. And figured like I needed to share it with some other people. Felt like you did. That's honestly that would make a great Instagram caption. Pimo, you should like take a picture of you with like some mountains in the background. <laughs> yeah. Add a nice filter. A lot or maybe just on your story have one of those like there's like the big like rainbow text and it just kind of says that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or well, and then. Know, then Right in a separate, like, white text box, like, literally this or something like that. Like, this thing. Or I was thinking maybe I could do it. I don't know how. But do it, like, one of those Lizzo lyrics, you know, that girls are obsessed with. Like, if I could get that quote to pop up, like, I threw my hair back. You know, like that. I think think that's how I get to people. That's how I reach people. Yeah, but you got to make sure it says mood. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. bubble letters. And it's yeah. got one of those scales so everyone can tell me how lit I am. Oh, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yep. You got to have a lit scale. For our listeners, you should tune into our spinoff podcast, um, Instagram caption advice. Uh, <laughs> maybe the B team at Sports Talk, but we are the A team yeah. at caption advice. Uh, we have the littest scales. So lit. Nigga be in school thinking about the second album at the dungeon shooting pool like ES to the PN cause we just to the B end the zone. Honey, I'm home, but I'm not married, carried a lot of problems around, being frustrated. And now I'm sitting at the end of the month, I just made it like you made the B team. And like your daddy's wife, you making a cough. You heard the AT alien, so back the hell up off. Softly as if I played piano in the dark. Found a way to channel my anger, not to involve. The world's a stage and everybody got to 
play they part God works in mysterious ways So when he starts the job of speaking through us We be so sincere with this here No drugs or alcohol so I can get the signal clear as day Put my Glock away, I got a stronger weapon That never runs out of ammunition So I'm ready for war, okay? Hold your hands in the air And wave them like you just don't care And if they like fish and grits and all that pimp shit Everybody let me hear you say oh yeah girl. Now hold your hands in the air And wave them like you just don't care And if they like fish and grits and all that pimp shit Everybody